You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I racewalked through the Louvre to get here. <laughs> uh, I'm Stephanie, uh, or Stephanie Germanata, and I want your bad romance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> rah, 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 rah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, we're here. Yay, we're back talking about iZombie. <laughs> iZombie, I've missed you. I've missed you I, I so totally miss it. I had a big old smile watching. Like I thought it would be kind of like work to just do another, do a rewatch, you know, just kind of keeping the feet alive. But no, I, I had a huge smile watching these episodes. Yeah. I was having a great time. The dialogue is so delightful, and I noticed yeah. things that I had never noticed before. Yes, there are like references to things in the future, and whether they mean it or not, uh, I, I totally was catching on to them, and I'm going to point them out in the show. Um, we're going to be keeping these uh, podcast episodes short, but I will be putting a link to our uh, full coverage of both of these episodes way back in 2015, was it? <laughs> uh, and uh, so if you haven't heard those, you can click on the links and, and check those episodes out, too. I'm going to do that for each one of our rewatches any sort of related podcast stuff. So uh, I do have a little bit of news. Not very much. Uh, iZombie is officially wrapped on filming. Um, Rose McIver and Ral Coley were taking pictures of themselves, you know, saying they wrapped and stuff. So I'm sure there's lots of uh, post-production work to go through, uh, but I think the actors are definitely wrapped. So, uh, yeah, the long wait begins for all of us now. <laughs> Um, uh, and, uh, again, January 8th, the CW is going to be at the winter TCAs. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely have any sort of uh, news from the TCAs to share with you, Steph and others. Um, and, uh, I'm, somebody brought something up on Twitter. I'll, like, really honestly cross your zombie fingers that we get a season three trailer at that point. Cause, uh, it'd be like a late Christmas present to us. So... <laughs> Um, so our first podcast is going to be talking about the pilot and, uh, brother, can you spare a brain brother? I'll trap, drop trial right here. If it'll help me, uh, <laughs> bring up the line is. all right. So, so these are, again, they're going to be, these podcasts are going to be about 30 minutes and, uh, I'm watching the clock right now. And, uh, so First impressions of the pilot? Well, second impressions? Third impressions? Uh, third, we did watch this with uh, Diane as well. Of the pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, it's just I'm just happy to see the origin story. I got kind of confused. I was like, when did this happen? When did that happen? So um, to begin, I, I, I enjoyed seeing brown-haired Liv again. Yes, she's so pretty. Being a, being a doctor. Yeah. And she's so, uh, you know... She's so on on point. She's so you know driven and yeah, it, it definitely shows uh, the the comparison between her and the way she feels later in the episode post zombie outbreak yeah. or post being zombified. Um, the uh, post traumatic ennui 
Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Marcy being there just to point yes. out that she's not the typical medical student. She's a resident. She's even more, you know, she's like perfect. And she makes mm-hmm. everybody else feel inferior. <laughs> yeah, I loved how, like, Marcy says something about, like, I thought you were going to be, like, my biggest enemy. And then Major is talking about Marcy afterwards and is like, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that girl want to kill you? <laughs> like, actually, she's inviting me to a boat party, which may just kill me, yes. <laughs> or, like, uh, undead me. <laughs> yeah, and Major is the perfect boyfriend. He really is. You know, just, oh, I love you so much. I can't wait to marry you, but go have mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. I And, yeah, I thought the irony of him saying, like, I feel like I really feel the need to lock this down right now. You know, it's like, yes, Major, lock it down. She's about to go get zombified. And, you know, whether that, you know, changes her life for the better or, I mean, it's definitely more exciting than it probably would be just being a regular old you know, resident at a hospital. Yeah, but saving lives. Like I, I really felt this time watching the difference. I felt why she felt her ennui and her, Mm -hmm. that post-traumatic because she has nothing, um, to focus on. Like she, she was so driven with medical school, with her residency, so determined. And then when she was undead, she had no purpose. And so when right. she started solving the the crime, solving the murders, it gave her the same uh, joy, the same determination to uh, to help people as working in the hospital. Yeah. And I can imagine it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you get a certain joy from helping people get better when they're sick or when they're injured, but there might be something even more fulfilling to like almost avenge a person's death yeah. by finding their killer. Um, Cause it's their last, that pers- it's their, it's the last thing that you could do for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the zombie boat party, we get to see that again. And it's funny. They showed it the first time. And I was like, wasn't there like, didn't Blaine show up? But <laughs> And oh then, yeah, I can't wait. It, Where's Blaine? Where is he? Where? 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 Yeah, we're done with it. Oh, she's already on the beach waking up. What? What? I thought there was something more to that. But later on in the episode, they do the flashback again. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was looking for Max Rager on the boat. Uh, I saw like the tablecloth with the drinks on it said something like a logo, and then energy drink, and then the the um. The tagline was "Nothing can stop you now," <laughs> so it's funny. It's almost like zombies are kind of like the unstoppable force in mass. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, it was. It's just cool seeing that again. You know, you see that every every week in the opening titles, animated. But uh, just seeing the actual thing, the fire, the the girl, the poor girl, like climbing the mast to get away from the zombies, <laughs> and the stunt girl doing the backflip off of the boat into the water. Oh right, right, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and something that actually happened on Netflix that doesn't didn't happen in, when it first aired was the uh, opening title. Like the opening title didn't show till the second episode, but they popped it into the 
pilot just to oh really yeah yeah we didn't get the opening i don't think so i think it was just a quick i zombie and you know like maybe a musical yeah cue from the score or something okay on that topic you know how the uh the scene transitions with the uh panels like the comic panels was that only in the pilot how long did that last it doesn't do that still does it the show what do you mean like they have the chapter titles. Okay, which, they still have the chapter are, titles. Yeah. But, but in, they do animate it. But in the pilot, have, the the scenes move – it moves from scene to scene like a comic book panel. Well, they rotoscope everything, you know, so they make it look like it's drawn and then all of a sudden it's okay, real. Okay, but not that. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about like – like the 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 perspective of the camera moves, like the mm. scene goes up, like you're moving to another panel. Oh, I see. Oh no, I didn't actually even notice that. But no, I don't think they do that. Yeah, that I think might have been I, don't, I think it was just in the editing room. Yeah, I just think it was in the pilot. Yeah, I guess they huh. wanted to gussy up that pilot, make it special. I guess that's another reason to watch it again. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the you know that that opening se- that season one trailer that we were watching over and over again, getting ready for the show to come on. Had that great little scene with the checkout line, and it's good to see that again. Uh huh. We're getting the bronzer in. Uh, let's see what else. I love seeing Eve and Evan again. Miss those guys. <laughs> Molly Hagan. Um. And everybody being so worried about Liv because she's not Mm -hmm. herself. Yeah. Oh, also, speaking of not being yourself, uh, we did spend the last, I don't know, eight weeks with uh, Ali Machaca, blonde. Yeah. Was it kind of jarring to see her in brown hair again? Oh, yeah. And her hair is short. And Liv's wig is short starting out. Mm. And uh, now that the show's been going all this time, their hair is longer. Mm Mm-hmm. So zombies can grow hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I, was, I definitely was more keyed in on Peyton this last these these couple episodes, probably because I think when I first saw it, I was was trying to figure out whether she was just going to be like the best friend you kind of drop when you your life changes mm-hmm. and you're like that's not important to me anymore. As but. Like watching it now, I really kind of felt how you know pain she was, and major too. How pained they were by lives just completely dropping out of life. Mm-hmm. That she was so important to their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first brain, I was. I remember being grossed out by it. <laughs> I'm so used to it now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the only thing I was really grossed out by in the second episode was the. Uh, her peeling the brain off the paintbrush handle and being like, mmm. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. You you dip something in any sort of food that doesn't belong in food. You just, I think you'd be a little bit like grossed out no matter what uh-huh. the food is. Um, uh, Robbie's introduction is great. Oh. His beard's not fully there yet, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Oh gosh! Yeah. And when uh, Clive comes in, yes, and Robbie says, 
Did you find anything behind the dumpster? Please say vomit. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so excited. Uh, he, he, I paid a little bit more. I mean, I'm sure I paid attention to it back then, but I, I'm just, I was just kind of focused in on everything in the script as they're setting things up. And yeah, well, just like know, how, the, how Ravi says he lost his job at the CDC. And, yeah. uh, and Liv says, why is it because you believe in zombies? And he was like, no, he was like man-made plague, biological yeah. warfare. Yeah. And that, I think that was a big tip off to what's going on and what's going to happen this <laughs> next season. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. I like that. The first victim that tips him off, his name is Raul. <laughs> Raul Cortez, the gangbanger. But, uh, Different spelling of Raul, of course. Uh, yeah, so we have the first mention of Utopium. We have that flashback. First mention of Utopium. We meet Blaine for the first time. Uh-huh. And he's just kind of like a, a, like a scumbag. But he's also like, I had this great theory, okay? <laughs> it's an amazing theory. Um, have, you ever, have we ever really discussed like... When did Blaine turn into a zombie? Like, was he a zombie when he went onto the boat party, or was he a zombie? Like, did you ever think that he was a zombie before the boat party? Oh, uh, because it's like being a zombie made him cool, and it's like he was just a <laughs> peon drug dealer before. <laughs> yeah, that weird yellow jacket, and I think he's wearing a shirt that says "Hugs Not Drugs" or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he looks like a total, and he's like ogling Lib's breasts, you know. Yeah, I think that maybe he was a new zombie then. Yeah, I, I, I had this theory, and you know, it. I also based it on what we learned from Brain, uh, Brain, <laughs> Blaine in the uh, uh, the second episode, where he doesn't see, he he can't remember the boat party, he can't remember what happened there, and then it's like, kind of like up to you whether or not you believe him. Yeah, because in that episode, he's being very sketchy because Liv is mm-hmm. not trusting him. She will not leave Ravi alone with him. And then, like later on in the episode, we see that he's got this like blackmail operation going and again i was like does did he have that running all this time or i don't was think something so he i think he of? was he was stacy boss's peon drug dealer mm-hmm. and he, i think he was a new zombie at the boat party and he just couldn't control yeah. himself maybe and he's what caused the you know the the mayhem there and mm-hmm. I think that after he became a zombie and he became cool, he <laughs> decided that he was going to be the top dog. Yeah. Because once you're undead, it's like, who cares about drugs or whatever? Like, he, he's going to use a, a, something to make a profit for himself and take over. Anyway, I hadn't really ever thought about or too deeply about how Blaine became a zombie. And of course we have hours of podcasts where we're just going back and forth and with guests, what is the zombie cocktail? And of course, one of the ways people become a zombie is that perfect combination of the boat party utopium, which, um, 
We also find out in the second episode that perhaps Blaine cut it to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, that was kind of dropped a bit. We let them find out there was like sort of born again guy that did it. I don't know. We'll get to it. But anyway, there's that perfect combination of Boat Party Utopium and Max Rager. And in the Boat Party, they were doing this tainted utopium. But what might have triggered it would be the Max Rager. Again, I'm not I'm not sure. But if that is if that is true, if that is true, Blaine is looking kinda high when he's talking to Liv. He's like kind of mellow and, and he actually says something like, Man, it's like having your brain dipped in batter and then uh dipped in batter again or fried and dipped in batter and I'm and I was thinking Oh, later on the season, I think we're going to see that. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, then Liv, disgusted by him, throws her drink in his face. So I'm wondering if Liv turned Blaine into a zombie. That's basically what I'm getting into. <laughs> like, Blaine turned Liv into a zombie by then z- becoming going full-on zombie mode and scratching her forearm when she's trying to get away. Yeah, she but made that him didn't happen and he raged out. He went full yeah, on zombie know. mode. Uh huh. But I had this crazy theory that her throwing the Max Rager into his face perhaps got immediately into his bloodstream. He turned into the zombie right there on the spot because he was already high on the boat party utopium. He turns into his he he goes full on zombie mode and grabs her and scratches her, and so she turns him to a zombie, and then she he in turn turned her into a zombie. Uh, I guess that's a possibility, but I just feel like we're overthinking it. <laughs> I know, I'm waiting for the long email, like Robin. You really have not been paying attention for the past couple of years, have you? Here's where you're wrong in, in like five paragraphs. So uh, I'm looking forward to those emails, folks. But uh, I thought this theory was amazing. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think they don't want us to think that hard about yeah. it. All right. <laughs> but another thing that I noticed mm. in this episode, I like, I mean, okay, I buy that Clive, that that Liv goes along with Clive on the investigations. She just does. Yes. But why does he believe that she's a psychic? Like, he shouldn't believe. He's a very skeptical person. Why mm-hmm. should he believe that she's a psychic? Uh, deleted scene, unfortunately. Wait, it's no, funny too wait, because wait, the, what? What deleted scene? There is a deleted uh, scene, really. There is a deleted scene on the DVD where uh, Liv and Clive are on their way, I think, to uh, uh, talk to Johnny Frost, mm-hmm. or maybe they're going to um, the Romanian uh, prostitute. Uh, prostitute, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, he starts talking about how this is all kind of making sense because his grandmother had some sort of psychic thing to her. Like, she'd always she predict the future or something like that. I can't remember. I haven't seen that scene in a long time. But it's on the DVD. Um, well. And yeah, it's true, though, because at the beginning of the episode, uh-huh. Clive, when we first meet Clive, sorry, not the beginning, but when we first meet Clive, He's really suspicious. He's like, you guys are playing with me? Like, I'm the new guy? Like, you're messing with my head? He doesn't immediately go to, like, oh, my gosh, you're a psychic. But later on, he's like, after 
at, well, I think the the big turn is when he makes her because his reputation is on the line. He makes her come with him to see Johnny Frost. They show uh, Johnny the photo of uh, Tatiana. And uh, he has this reaction that Clive is looking for. And then Clive just looks right over at Liv like, whoa, like she had something. He's, she's got something. Here. Well, and also when, okay, uh, Liv in her vision sees Johnny Frost go, here's Johnny. Because yeah. they're doing that role playing. He's, they're yeah. role playing with the prostitute. And so when she when they get to the to the television station and they meet Johnny Frost and he won't talk to him she says here's Johnny and then he starts spilling all this information you know mm-hmm. what did Tantiana tell you what did did you talk to such a da, da, yeah. da, da. and so then Clive like lights you know light bulb goes over n- his head he sees that sh- she yeah. can she can bring out information that he can't get any other way because there's nothing tying Johnny Frost to this case at all. It is a fl- like he's like really I'm going to go talk to like Seattle's favorite weatherman man based on what you saw this in a vision. Okay, you're coming with me. <clears throat> so that was that's definitely interesting to see that turn. It almost I, I think it really does work. Like talking it out, it really does work without having that. My grandma's a psychic, so yeah. I believe things. It's. Seeing the evidence of it happening, and and he's like, you know, stunned by yeah, it. Yeah, like I could not have gotten to this point in this investigation without her. So she needs to go mm-hmm. with me all the time now. Uh huh. Oh gosh, we are spending way too much time yes. on the pilot. Okay. Is there anything else in this well, pilot just, that you want to really get to? Uh, just I love when Ravi and Liv are watching the zombie. Watching Night of the Living Dead and Clive comes in and scares Liv because she doesn't know how much he's heard her say. Yeah. And uh, and he said, "Oh, I'd be I'd be such a badass in a zombie apocalypse." Uh, and he says, "Is that a scratch on my grandma?" And Ravi looks down at his arm. <laughs> that is just, that is so. Liv funny. says, just "This very small moment is so funny." Yeah, Liv oh, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. dead. And he says, but Clive is alive. He's alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, since we're going to be getting into popular on the other podcast we do, we don't want to wait. Uh, it was nice to hear it, Romanian mean girl get referenced here. <laughs> uh, Liv speaks Romanian mean girl. I think Clive says that. <laughs> and the obsession with Red. Of course, we probably talked about all that. Yeah, and... In this episode, Liv's start, you know, her colors, the colors she wears are so muted, like the dark, mm-hmm. the darker purple. But on this prostitute's brain, she's wearing red clothes and just the little spots of red here and there mm. will really grab your attention. I wonder if that's where the red hoodie comes from, like her being on that brain. Because, you know, a lot of promo shots you see her in that red hoodie. Yeah. And the action figures and stuff. Uh, one thing that I'm glad didn't stay around, Liv notices her blood sample, and the line she says is, OM, is that me? <laughs> like, OM might stand for, like, oh my or oh man, <laughs> but she shortens it and says, OM. Yeah, no. Uh, I oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, it's the same scene where I, I think as a viewer, you become like Robbie is entertaining and fun. 
but you really get endeared to him in that scene because she discovers that he's actually working on a cure. And that's why he's performing tests. Not because he's like, oh, zombies, this is cool. This is neat. I can study this. But he immediately is like, oh, no, we have to help you. You know? And I think that's what Liv is like. New friend. You know? <laughs> OM, new friend. Uh, of course, we've mentioned a couple weeks ago, Leela Selena plays the nerdy girl who plays a one-player dying light game with Major. I... I I love that young summer song called Taken. It's on our iZombie podcast playlist. And just the heartbreak of seeing Liv outside the window watching Major moving on. Um, first sighting of Hellfire Cheesy Puffs. We'll see those again in Astro Burger at least. Also, the mean, the bad guy of this episode is Detective Pratt. And I just wanted to say anybody who's rewatching with us, watch for his name. It's on the whiteboard. In the precinct for episodes after this, so it's almost as if Detective Pratt is solving cases from jail. <laughs> really? Yeah, like his name. You know how they have that whiteboard and it's got like all the different names of the de- detectives and what cases they're working on. Pratt's never disappears; it just stays there on the whiteboard. Huh. Uh oh, Peyton's, you're my freaking heart. That's a great line. She's like wants to write her off, but you're my freaking heart. Uh, oh, I guess the last thing I really want to say about this episode is I, I just again I just want action live. I I know it probably costs a lot to do stunts like this, but it's really it was re- it's really exciting to see her like jumping on the roof of a car and flying off. And I love the spooky effect of her after she when she sits up. Yeah. In the woods. They got that. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, the thing they say she you see in um, like the previously ons for live for episodes after this is that line. Seriously, how did you solve crime before me? Which is <laughs> very, very Veronica Mars. All right. Uh, all right. We should move on. Brother, can you spare a brain? I looked up the word Jaxie because I didn't know what it was. I've heard Jaxie before. But um, what, what is it? I don't know what that means. I know I don't know. It's an ass. Jaxi. Jaxi. Robbie's looking at Javier's paintings at the beginning of the episode, and he's like, "Oh, I love his work. I particularly enjoy the one that looks like a bright blue Jaxi." And I was like, "What is a Jaxi? That's like a a Britishism I've heard before, like in songs, but I've never actually looked up. Oh. Just so everybody knows, it's an ass." Because because Javier's paintings were kind of sexy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always the spouse that comes up as usual. That'll be coming back again. Um, yeah, and just like Liv started wearing red in the first episode, in this episode she starts showing some chest and some cleavage. Oh, well, yeah, that's because she's on sexy time, right? Yeah. Sexy painter brain. Yeah, and in the first episode where she's so uh, distant to uh, Major, in this episode she, at first she's she's affectionate to him, but not in a, a personal way. You know, mm-hmm. when he comes over, she's painting. She she realizes that the painting on their wall is something they got it. You know, some store. 
it's Bed Bath and Beyond, but it was a different name. Yeah. So she starts <laughs> painting this picture, and he comes in, and she gives him a kiss on the cheek, and you know, she was like, "Oh, you know, thank you," because he realizes she's listening to Chet Baker. Yes. And. Uh, She's a little handsy too. The kiss on the cheek. Yeah, she's just, just a, being pleasant. Just so unusual. She, he just does not know how to take this because I think yeah. in the first episode, if she was to give him any any attention like that, he would been he would have been happy. But now yeah. it's been so long, and for her to start acting funny, you know, he doesn't know how to take it. And then by the end of this episode, when she comes over and wants to spend time with him and she tries to kiss him he's just like whoa wait no you can't do this mm-hmm. you can't play with my heart like this yeah i felt like that was a little a little jarring just because that first scene when she's being like super pleasant with him you know he kind of is he's being kind of humorous about it but the second scene hey, maybe he just you know he's had some time to process this and it's like you know what She's using me, like, yeah. and I don't, I don't like this at all. Yeah. So when it comes, she comes for it again. It's get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this, how hard? Oh, go ahead. But uh, just um, this brain, this mystery. I, I mm. do not. This is my least favorite mystery because it's <laughs> so complicated. Because <laughs> I, I have two opinions. I feel. T- two different ways about these mysteries either they're too simple but they're not they're not important and this one is way too complicated there's too many characters involved here there's the okay there's Javier who has died right there's Lola the wife Mm -hmm. there's the guy who is his friend and his dealer what's his name Beardo what Beardo? Beardo? Beardo. Beardo. Because he's got a beard. Beard. Okay, got <laughs> sexy guy with a beard. Okay, there is Buttercup. Butter. The, gr- the girl with the butter skin. Buttery skin. Oh, yeah, that's Honeyflower. Honeyflower. Okay, there's her mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend with the, with the uh, Native American cheekbones. Yes. There's the 18-year-old girlfriend. Like, there's just too neat, too much going on here. Yeah. And I like how they twists. throw all these different things at you, and then, and the, just how the whole thing comes together at the end. I kind of enjoyed, like, you're like, okay, who's the six foot guy that we're looking for? Is is, is Beardo like six foot? He looks kind of tall, but he's not that tall. And then you're seeing uh, jealous boyfriend. He's definitely tall. It's got to be him. But then when Robbie puts it together at the end, I thought that was interesting because a like he's literally showing how it could be done uh-huh. but also like you have this horrifying realization like they're having a party where a murder happened how many days ago yeah <laughs> like not very long ago yeah it's supposed to be like a memorial service but they're also yeah. selling art because his art <laughs> because of his death his art has like tripled yeah, in price, yeah. and the art dealer friend is broke, so that's mm. his motive. And they thought the wife yeah. had a motive of being the jealous wife, but no, turns out she knows about Javier, all of Javier's lovers. Mm-hmm. 
and then this from out of nowhere the 18 year old daughter of the of the art dealer is pregnant with hobby you know just it's just too much but that's not the point of the episode the point of the episode is all about blame all about blame yeah this is uh an an exciting uh episode because like I, I don't know that, you know, we saw him in a flashback. We saw him in a weird vision thing where she sees uh, the person whose brain she eats about to get killed. Um, but what an introduction to the series uh, in present time is that rising from the gurney, you know, um, and uh, heard you were looking for me. <laughs> and then how he goes into the. Oh, that sketch! That's my new profile pic. Like, I love that thing. That's totally gonna be my new profile pic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, but my favorite, my favorite Blaine moment of the entire series is, you know, it's gonna be. If you want to find me, I'll be at Mutt Bowl Surfers. It's a dog friendly internet cafe where I'll be writing my screenplay and I'll be live tweeting its progress. <laughs> 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 that's some um, Diane Ruggiero right right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's some good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, I I love uh, they they kind of drop in a little reference to the the comic in this uh, episode too because Blaine grave robs like Gwen Dillon did in the comics and of course also there's some there's a lot of painting in this episode uh, because uh, you probably don't remember you read it a few years ago but Gwen would paint after she'd have a vision she'd paint the vision and so she'd have like stacks of paintings all over her crypt okay of uh, different victims and, or different things she sees so that's kind of you are right i did not remember that <laughs> i uh, honestly i didn't either i looked up some trivia and i was like oh wow i i don't think i've ever talked about that before uh how horrified were you to find out that Liv and Peyton went to uh, the Louvre as seniors and just race walked through it? Because whatever about art. That's terrible. That's like my friend at work who uh, – somebody must have just drove up. My friend at work yeah, who fine. went to England and Paris. I was like, did you go to the Louvre? She was like, no, I went shopping. Like that's, oh. what, that's what she goes to, you know. Shopping's what you do when you're bored. There's so yeah. much culture, so much food, you know, and you know the most art in the world is right there, and you just yeah. go shopping, buy a pair of boots that you could have bought online. <laughs> <laughs> I got us off of Blaine, but there's there's a bit more about Blaine that I was excited about in this episode. Uh, we've talked about how. Um, I'm sure we talked about how the he wasn't he's like not a big fan of full on zombie mode. He's like so uh, I call it raging out. You want to call it that? It's almost like he's setting up the language of the series, and he gets annoyed that the language of the series like he's not able to set up the language of the series in a meta way. Yeah. <laughs> and the team Z, he says later in the episode, and team Z definitely became more of a thing. But uh, there's also Brain Club, but. <laughs> That's too close to Clone Club. I like Team Z. Yeah. Uh, but I think what most impressed me about Blaine in this episode is that I really – I'm still not sure. Like he – has he been without zombies 
like has he been alone as a zombie? Like we find out later he's got like Julian frozen, he's got a thing going at meet cute. But it really seems like as much as he wants to totally use Liv to get brains from her, mm-hmm. like he's also very he's much like trying to charm so excited her. to just Yeah. But he's also like excited to connect with somebody else. Yeah. Like they just immediately talk about the taste of brains and how they miss food and he was uh he was into wine, like crazy into wine, yeah. like sideways and <laughs> sideways. everything he drinks tastes like I done. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I can't quite remember if that's like he's really telling. Like I would think by now, I would know if he was. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, there. is he being? What is he lying about? He really didn't uh, gr- uh, grave rob to get the brains. He killed people. He, you know, like what is he telling? Yeah, you? when is he being? That's probably true. When yeah. is he being sincere, and when is he just trying to? The best part about this rewatch is my memory is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, did he start the meet cute thing later on in the season or had he had things going this entire time? Was he really grave robbing or was he really murdering this entire – because he mur- murders those two guys that uh, yeah, Stacey and Boss she, sends And him. she had uh, ate the brain of the guy that she saw him kill and he was like, oh, I didn't kill that guy. just – Went after him because he tried to mug me. Yeah. Well, he does say that. But there is a little bit something to back up that. Because when we see that vision, he's on top of the guy. And then all of a sudden, you see lights flashing around him. And then he's looking around, like, distracted. Uh, So, yeah. He's saying mugging, but he probably attacked the guy. And then the cop showed up and he had to abandon the guy. But, yeah. Anyway, um, it's, it's funny because I'm just like, oh, it's it's Blaine. He's charming. I, I totally believe him, and I, my memory is terrible, so uh, I, I have to believe him. <laughs> um, I did listen very closely to the scene where Hutch and Dougie talk to Blaine, and before they get killed, there are a lot. There's a lot of boss is looking for you. Boss thinks the batch was cut with something lethal. Uh. So I'm like, oh, they're literally calling him by his name. <laughs> yeah, where at first you're like, they're leaving it very vague so they can fill in things later. But then they were yeah. like, no, nah, let's just go with Boss's last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love Blaine's speech like after – like Sarah Jane Redman. I love her. I've said that. said it before. I won't go back to it. But um, Is that the, he, uh, the, the older lady? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's um, very attractive. Can, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Aunt Nell in Smallville, and you will meet her when we finally cover Smallville on our other show. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, I love the scene where he is talking to her after becoming a zombie for the first time and how he's just – like it's Diane talking about the zombie genre to the audience. It's it's like is it – you know, you think it's oversaturated at this point? And he's like – well, you know, don't call it come back. You know, this is this is going to be a different zombie show. This is not Walking Dead. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think my last note about this that's important that I wanted to get to is that last scene was very touching. Um, well, the last kind of montage, her voiceover, her painting the picture and hanging it up with. Uh, Peyton 
And I just thought about there's just something really sad about how Liv can only feel these feelings like have this personality with her just as long as that brain is around. Once the brain is gone, yeah, like there she's was done de- being a, an artist. There was and, a desperation yeah. that when she was putting the last little bit of, of brain yeah. in the microwave because she didn't want to let that go. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, I, I just feel it's kind of sad. Like it's, you know, I think we feel it even more in later episodes when there's that one where the, is it flight of the living dead where her friend from college dies and she's biking. We'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> I, I think that's all I really have for this episode that I, that I feel I need to get into. Do you have any more notes? Nope. Okay. We're, we're already running long. Of course. <laughs> as a tradition. Uh, yeah, as a tradition, we're running long, <laughs> but also as a tradition, a new thing we're doing for the rewatch that you totally forgot about. I'm sure trivia. <laughs> I, uh, when we have guests, I'm going to pit you against, uh, our guest for trivia questions. See how well you remember, oh, Lord. but in this time, I'm just going to quiz you and see what score you get. Okay. okay? And I promise it's not going to be st- too terribly detailed. It's not going to be like, what was the poster hanging on the wall in that one scene? Uh, I think most of this I'm going to get from dialogue. So if you're listening to the people talk, you should be so able to So is this these. from the we'll two see. episodes that we just watched? For the two episodes, yep. Oh, okay. I'm going to score 100% on this. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you can look at your notes. It's okay. Number one, Marcy tells Liv that her life is like the end of what movie? Is it Say Anything? No. <laughs> What is it? 16 Candles. Oh, I was thinking, well, you know why I said say anything? It's because every time I watch that, when she said, I think say anything. Uh, And then when they say 16 Candles, I'm like, they should have said say anything. (laughs) No, it's the 16 Candles thing. You remember the end of 16 Candles? Yeah. She looks out the window, a car, I think it's a bus or something, drives by, and there's Jake standing there next to the car. That's that's basically what happened. Anyway, number two. This is kind of a dick one. Here we go. Okay. How many women would kill for a guy like Major, according to Major? Yes. (laughs) Exactly four. Number three. Okay, so you got one out of five. Number three. What is the first thing that Liv steals? Eyeballs. Yes! Two out of five. Uh, what is Robbie's favorite color? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he says it's blue. Ah, uh, that's my favorite color, too. <laughs> and what Native American tribe is Tito one quarter? Cherokee. That's right. Three out of five. <laughs> I hope you all did had fun with that at home. See, this is not just to embarrass you; it's to keep the listeners engaged as well. Yeah, that was uh, that was harder than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I paid attention to totally different things. Yeah, That's probably what it is. I was just writing notes. I wrote notes down, and then I was like, "Oh, what questions can I do from these notes?" And I picked a few things that I wrote down. Anyway, all right, and uh, our last little thing is our feedback. Marissa and DC actually wrote something in our Facebook group. 
She says, the pilot actually holds up really well, even after two seasons worth of episodes. I love most of the characters instantly, so it's fun to revisit them from the beginning. The second episode is notable for that oh-so-brief period when Liv wanted to believe that Blaine was a good zombie like her, but all of us discovered that he really isn't. Uh, Yeah, me too. Uh, The the biggest thing I noticed in the episode is how pronounced Blaine's makeup is. I guess the show adjusted it. Either that or I'm just just used to his trying to appear more human look from season two. Looking forward to the podcast. Thanks for finding ways to get us excited about the upcoming season. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah, I think the, the makeup has evolved a little. Yeah, yeah. It definitely looked very... Even on Liv, it seemed very... Much more, much more pasty than, yeah. than it usually is. All right, so we're going to wrap up here. Steph, thanks for joining me. That was fun. I can't wait yeah. until next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Exterminator and Live and Let Clive. That's one of my favorites. I, I like that yeah. one. Yeah. Some uh, some kick, kicking butts in that episode. <laughs> um all right, so uh, happy holidays, Steph. Merry happy Christmas. holidays. To, happy holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Festivus. We're actually recording this on Festivus, so and we should be releasing it on Festivus. So happy Festivus, and uh, we'll see you all next week for more Eye Zombie. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at I. I zombie love. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!